This is a Woodside Church podcast. We're continuing our DNA series on what the characteristics of us as Woodside Church. Last week, Ensign spoke on equipping and releasing the scattered church. I've been given the subject of equipping and releasing the gathered church. You're familiar with these two concepts probably. That is, with the church all the time. The church isn't an event we come to. We are the church most of the time. We're the church serving in the world in our various jobs and so on. But also with a church gathered together as a community. Actually, I've slightly changed how I want to express this because it's not just the church has gathered because we're not just in meetings as a community. We're also... What I want to speak about, how we're equipped and released to do so within the church community. So it's how we're serving one another all the time as well as when we're gathered together. Though a lot of what I'll speak about is when we're gathered together. And the Bible says that all of us have gifts from God to enable us to do this. One scripture says this, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. God wants to build us up even through that verse. Each one of us, that means you, have a special gift from the generosity of Christ. Later in that letter, Paul wrote to all the churches planted in today's Western Turkey to remind them of what he taught them when he was with them. And he said this, a mature church is one where he, that's Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's a beautiful description of the church, isn't it? And it comes about as each one, each part does its own special work. Now, of course, that special work can change over time. Doesn't mean if the, a, a gift that God originally gave you when you first became a believer, that's the only thing you ever do. No, He gives gifts uh, to us continuously, as we will see, and as we grow and develop in them. Between those two verses, Paul refers to the leadership gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and teaches that. Their responsibility, so the responsibility of leadership in the church, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So, 
Leadership simply is to equip the church to minister. Sometimes we can think of ministry as something that people who are sort of professional Christians do. In fact, sometimes people talk about that, you know, I'm called to ministry. Okay. Actually, the way the Bible presents it is that all God's people are priests. And all God's people, therefore, are called to ministry. And leadership within the church is there to equip people to do it. That's how I understand those scriptures. Well, last time I preached here three or four weeks ago, I talked about the story of Corinth and the church there. And I talked about, I don't know if any of you remember, but uh, I don't flatter myself that everybody remembers everything I say. But (laughs) I talked about the fact that in the church in Corinth, although most of the people were poor, there were also some very rich. And one of the things that Paul was concerned about is that the rich and poor could contribute together as equals in the church. But also, another thing about the church in Corinth was that most of them were converted to Jesus Christ out of what were called pagan mystery cults who experienced supernatural manifestations which were not from God. Which in many parts of the world is what people are experiencing today. And uh, and. So they experienced all these supernatural happenings in these cults, but they weren't from God. And probably for this reason, the Corinthian believers were very excited about the new spiritual gifts that they had received when they believed in Jesus and received the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And so they were really excited about the gifts that they got. And Paul was pleased with that. He actually says, he commends them for it. He says, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So these were the Corinthians. They were waiting for Jesus to return as we all are. But in the meantime, they had every spiritual gift that they needed. And so Paul devotes what are now three chapters to help them fulfill their calling according to the gifts God had given them. Now some of the Corinthians were giving more importance to some of the gifts than others. So, some of them for example were giving a lot of emphasis to the gift of speaking in other languages or what we call the gift of tongues. Okay now, I'll talk about that gift a little bit later but they were putting that as more important than others and you'd come into their meetings and you'd find someone, lots of people speaking in tongues together. They would be trying to speak louder than somebody else. Nobody was interpreting it and it all got very confusing. And then Paul teaches them, as we will see, that all the gifts are important. Others were so eager to prophesy, which Paul commended, but it became a competition between them and if you could imagine uh, as people come and queue up at the microphone to speak 
Just imagine if they started scrapping with one another as to when to go first. Or when one of them started, the other person said, oh, I've got a better word than him and grab, or her and grab the mic off them. Well, except they didn't have a microphone. That was like it was like in Corinth. They were speaking. One hadn't finished and somebody else would start speaking. And so... Paul was trying to correct that so that these gifts were used rightly. Because in the mystery cults they were converted from, it was said in a record, historical record of that time, not in the Bible, but in a histor- historical document, it says those mystery cults, a sort of god or diamond, you know what that is, <laughs> carries us away wherever he wills and it is impossible to resist him. In other words, it wasn't under control. Whereas Paul says, no, no, it's not like that with you. The spirit of prophets are under the control of prophets. It's all under control in the church. And yet the gifts are even more powerful than they are in those awful things they got saved from. And, you know, when, in the early days of this church, I, a lot of the people that came to us came from backgrounds of occultism and seances. And I remember once having to pray for somebody who'd received a false gift of prophecy. Because in these occult things, you can, they can imitate spiritual gifts. Get that in the Bible even. You remember that Moses went when he went before Pharaoh. As a sign, he had to put his staff down the floor and it turned into a snake and then he picked it up and it went back to a staff. I've never quite understood why that sign was so important. But and then the other magicians of Egypt did the same thing. And I remember in the early days of the church, a young man came to us and it had, he had been at a seance where it was prophesied the date of his death and that was just a few months away from the time when I first met him so I remember having to break the power of that false prophecy and hallelujah he certainly lived a long time beyond that date I don't know what's happened to him now but certainly he was freed from that and so that was the background that these Corinthians had um So, Paul then was so concerned about the spiritual gifts that he used five words, five different words to describe them. We often just say spiritual gifts. You You have some spiritual gifts. Actually, Paul said, this is such an important thing. This is such a rich term. I'm going to give you five different words which describe them to help you understand them. And I'm going to give you those five now. And I'm going to give you the Greek word as well. Now, I don't usually do that because we speak English here, not Greek. But the Greek words also have English equivalents which help us understand what it means. So the first one, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1, Paul says, concerning spirituals, that's the only word he used. Often it's translated spiritual gifts, but it's concerning spirituals. And the Greek word is pneumaticos. Can you work out what English word comes from that? Pneumatic, yes. 
In other words, it's something that air uh, um, empowers. At least I think that's what it means, isn't it? And, uh, and so that's what it's like. These are things that are from the spirit, not from us. They are spirituals. They belong to and manifest the nature of the spirit. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about those things. And I don't want you to be ignorant either, which is why I'm preaching about it this morning. Okay. Then he used the word gifts or charisma, from which we get the English word charismatic, which means all sorts of things today. It can be a personality that uh, can dominate a stage. But that isn't the original meaning. The Greek word for grace is charis. So charisma was a thing of grace. It could be used for a birthday present. You know, you wake up on your birthday waiting for the charisma that you're going to get. <laughs> okay? And that stresses that it's just God's grace that gives it to us. It is not deserved, merited, or earned. You don't earn spiritual gifts by being very spiritual. <laughs> okay? You can spoil spiritual gifts by being fleshly, but you don't earn spiritual gifts by, um, by, by trying harder. They're simply a gift of grace. This is why new believers can also experience spiritual gifts. Then he uses another word. He says they are acts of service. They are how we serve one another. Diaconi. Now I'll give you the English word for that because it's not one we use very much. It's the word deacon, which simply means someone who serves. Okay? And so the, the acts of service, they're ways in which we can be servants of one another. It is the opposite of seeing gifts as a stage on which to perform. Now I'm standing on a stage now. That's so that you can see me. Okay? But in my heart, I'm not standing on a stage. In my heart, I'm like Jesus washing his disciples' feet, except I'm seeking to instruct, serve you by instructing you so that you can understand spiritual gifts better. That's my heart. Because all spiritual gifts are the way we serve one another. They are for the benefit of each other rather than the person who brings the gift. Sadly, in today's Christian church, there's often a celebrity culture which makes much of particular well-known people. And that's not really right because we believe here that all believers are priests. Okay? All believers serve, and we serve one another. And then they are workings. Greek word is energamata. You can guess where we got that, what, what that word is from? What, what English word? Energy. Yes, gifts are like bursts of divine energy that come upon you. As you serve one another, there's a burst of God's energy coming into that situation. God is there. 
That's how they understood. If, um, it, people would say, yeah, God is here because there are these gifts being exercised. Then the final one is manifestations. Different forms of manifestation. Greek word phanerosis, which there isn't an English equivalent for, so don't worry about it, but I had to be consistent and give you that as well. (laughs) That means the gifts are not some hidden talent, but a particular action that demonstrates or reveals God at work. Actually, the English word manifestation comes in its root from festive or dancing hand. It's as if when we come together, the hand of God is dancing across the congregation, touching people with different things. It's a lovely picture. (laughs) Okay. Paul then describes some of the gifts in more detail. We're to use them to help one another, and so I'm going to define them to help us understand them and these definitions will be sent out on Woodside e-news this week because I'm going to go through them so fast that those of you taking notes won't be able to write quickly enough okay but you'll get all these definitions during this week and uh, I'm not dealing with the evangelistic gifts because Ensign did that last week Though most of these gifts can, in appropriate ways, be used outside the church as well. As long as you respect the people you're bringing them to. So here they are. Firstly, the word of wisdom. What's that? God gives a word of wisdom. It's an utterance revealed by God, applying God's wisdom to a situation to resolve it. Now... Recently, God's given me quite a few more of those. They're strange. I, I was speaking to a leader of another group of churches during the week, and he was asking my advice on something. And suddenly, something came out of my mouth that I hadn't prepared. <laughs> and he said, That's ex- I can hardly remember what it was. That's exactly it, he said. That really helps me to resolve a particular thing that he was struggling with. Now, I hadn't planned it. It just came. And God gives those things. Word of wisdom. Then there's a word of knowledge. That's the supernatural revelation of facts about a personal situation which is not learned through the natural mind. The word of knowledge. It may be general there's someone here who's got this particular situation or it can be specific to a particular person but it doesn't mean when you have a word of knowledge you know all about the person only Jesus was like that you know only Jesus they could say he's told me all things I ever did I'll give you I'll give you a strange example just to illustrate the point I was once praying with a whole group of impact students like we have here, only this was many years ago in another place. And I prayed for each one and gave them each one of a prophetic word. And there was one young lady there and I missed her out because what God gave me for her was so strange. So when I got to the end, I thought, well, I can't miss her out any longer. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? 
and God hadn't given me anything else. So I said to her, and this was in June, I said, the only word I have for you is that God says to you, have a happy Christmas. And I thought, what an idiot. <laughs> well, she, after the meeting, she came up to me in tears and she said, I was adopted or fostered, I can't remember which. And I've just recently got in touch with my natural family. And we've started building a relationship. And they've said to me, and I didn't know how to respond, why don't you come and spend Christmas with us? Now, I didn't know all that. I just had a fragment of knowledge that came from God. Do you understand? So, then there's faith. Faith is a conviction in the spirit which you speak out that God is going to do something. You see, faith is used um, in different ways in the Bible. Without, we, we don't even belong to the Lord unless we have faith in him. We have faith, we believe in Jesus. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Christ the Son. That's faith. But... There's sometimes a gift of faith where you just know that God is going to do something. Jesus referred to it as faith that moves mountains. You suddenly know God's going to do something here and you speak it out. Then there's miraculous powers. Some would suggest this gift specifically refers to the driving out of demons and it certainly includes that. It would also refer to miracles other than healing. Then there's prophecy. Prophecy is declaring an immediate word of God to the church or an individual for their edification. Sometimes speaks about the future, sometimes doesn't. But it is not something where you've taken the Bible and say, I'm going to explain what this verse means to you. It is something that is revealed by a picture, by a word, by all sorts of other ways in which God speaks to us, a dream or something like that. And then we speak it out to build other people up. That's a gift of prophecy. Then there's the gift of discerning between spirits. And that's the ability given by God to discern whether the spirit operating is human, demonic or divine. Sometimes it can just be someone's own spirit communicating. Sometimes I've heard people bring things and I thought there's nothing wrong with this but this, it's, it's just maybe speaking out of their own hurt or pain, not out of something that God has revealed. It's not that it's wrong. Don't condemn. Sometimes it is not right and we have to deal with that. And, some, and obviously, usually, things are from the Lord in the church. Then there's the gift of languages. I call it the gift of languages because it's... La- Gift of tongues is simply an old-fashioned word for languages. Okay, that's something you used to speak about, your tongue. But no, it's your language. And that's the gift of speaking to build yourself up, self-edification, in a language unlearnt by the speaker. Often, when I'm praying, and many of you find the same, you're not quite sure how to pray, you exhaust your English words. And so 
You just start speaking another language that God gives you. Now that can be used in the church, provided this next gift is used. But generally speaking, it's to build ourselves up. And something very important right across the church. In fact, the Archbishop of Canterbury just said fairly recently that he prays in tongues every day, prays in languages every day. Because it just helps you to communicate with God. But sometimes it can come into a public meeting, and that's good, as long as there's the gift of interpretation there as well. Which means, gift of interpretation is the God-given inspiration to speak in the language of the hearers, the dynamic equivalent of what was spoken in the gift of languages. So, it's not a translation, it's an interpretation. Is there any difference? Yeah, that word interpretation is used by Jesus when he's talking to some of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And it says he interpreted to them from the Old Testament all the things about himself. So it's an explanation, not just not a translation. Okay? And there's a gift of teaching. Teaching is a gift given by God to explain and clarify revelation already given, i.e. in the scriptures. Now that's what I'm trying to do right now. Okay. Now you test the gift of teaching where the people learn. <laughs> and do something about it. It's not what you say, it's where the people learn. So humbly I submit that this may be teaching you something. explaining the scriptures and there's the gift of service where would we be in our churches without people who have this gift now you say well we should all serve of course we do but this is defined and I like this the spiritually sensitive recognition and the response to a particular need within the Christian community or outside so you see a need And you serve and meet it. And I just praise God. There are so many people with a spiritual gift of service. I praise God for the people that get here early to get everything set up and all that sort of thing. That serve in all sorts of different ways. Praise God for that. Then exhortation and encouragement literally the gift of coming alongside to help someone and lead them forward you know we just yeah you know so there's Luke who we know God's spoken to him about something and uh, we're just saying because he's hesitating a little bit you know being a bit nervous And I come alongside to encourage him to move forward. That's that gift. (laughs) And there's the gift of giving and mercy. 
Giving is the gift of sharing goods and possessions with generosity. Now, we all need to be generous. In fact, this church is just kept, and its ministry and its mission is just kept going by the generosity of the people within it because there's no one, nowhere else where it comes from. And so we're very thankful we have a generous people and we encourage that to continue. But there are some people, and I've met them, who are just amazing with this. They just give and give, and God seems to make it up to them, and they give far more than I could ever give, and it's incredible. They have the gift of generosity. There's the gift of leadership. It's translated differently in different translations of the Bible. It doesn't refer to a particular position in Romans 12, verse 8, but to anyone who gives a lead and an example. There's a gift of administration. That's also hard to translate into English. But it refers to, the. if you imagine the old sailing ships in those days, you had a, a helmsman who steered the ship by using the tiller. Now the captain would give the command as to where the ship should go. The helmsman laid, made it happen. And in today's complicated world... We need lots of people with the gift of being able to make happen what God has called us to do. That's the gift of administration. The gift of hospitality. That's the gift of being able to bless others through welcoming them into your home. Now again, we can all be hospitable, but... This is an amazing gift some people have just to welcome people. I'm grateful to be married to someone with the gift of hospitality. She's not here. I've embarrassed her twice because she's been at the other two services. But <laughs> then there's the gift of interpretation of dreams, which Joseph had in the Old Testament and Daniel had. And then there's a gift of creative arts. The Bible says this, the Holy Spirit came upon Bezalel so that he could do all sorts of craftsmanship. And everyone say, yeah, people have that gift naturally. Yes. Because God gives gifts in his common grace to creation. But these spiritual gifts is where God puts his seal and stamp upon something that's creative and can bless the body of Christ and the gift of helps now just like service which all should function this way practical assistance of all kinds the root meaning is to take a burden to oneself instead of another I thank God for many people with the gift of helps just see a need and give some help I said, well, is that a spiritual gift? Yes, it demonstrates God at work. And all these, even that list is not exhaustive, but it illustrates how we can help each other. And all are of equal value. The Bible says, yes, yes, the body has many part, different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. Yes. Yes. Paul is... Saying, how stupid, you know. 
the foot can't think because I'm not like a hand that's wonderfully creative and makes all these things. At least most people's hands do, mine don't. But I'm, I, I'm only creative with words, nothing else. But I'm just a foot, just at the bottom. <laughs> of course it's silly, of course they're part of the body. Or ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye. Would it make it any less part of the body? <laughs> and also all are honoured. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. You see, we don't just honour prominent people. In fact, in the church, it's the other way around. It says those that would have less dignity in the world are honoured in the church. Because their gift matters as much as anybody else's. You understand? That's what God has done to put the, church, the body together and gives us gifts and equips us to do these things. I'm going to pray for us now. Can we stand together? When you receive a gift, what do you do? You, 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 yeah, you open it. And if someone's giving you something, so sometimes when we put our hands out to the Lord like that, and you don't have to, but it sometimes helps. It's saying, you're going to give me something and I'm going to receive it. Father, just thank you that you give wonderful gifts to your people. Father, I pray that, as well as teaching about it, from this time, right now, by your Spirit, you'll be giving fresh gifts to different people and pouring more anointing oil on gifts that they already have. Lord, I pray for those that can prophesy, let them have greater anointing to prophesy. I pray that those who serve may serve with greater grace. I pray, Lord, I pray for those who have been seeking the gift of, of languages and just wish they had it. Lord, I pray over these next few days, may they receive that gift. Lord, I pray. I pray, Father, Lord, that we may rejoice in the gift of helps and see needs when they are there and that you would give us the grace to meet them. Father, I pray. Help us there to be more of those who can teach the word of God to others and have the gift of teaching. Lord, let the gift of healing be abundant amongst us. Father, I pray, Lord, please, will you do these things amongst us? Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.